Over the past 10 years, I've met a lot of real estate investors, and one of the statements that keeps coming up is land. They're not making any more of it. And the fact is that there is another form of real estate, and it's finally becoming more and more popular, and the barriers of entry have been reduced to where more people are seeing the opportunity to invest in a different form of real estate. That's what we'll talk about today. Because the ultimate point of this show is for you to reach your goals and understand all of the opportunities that are out there for you to do so. So today's episode of The Ambition Show, we'll be talking about digital real estate. Let's get it. What's good, everybody? Now, the fact is, is that there are different forms of digital real estate. And when we talk about digital real estate, there are a couple things to keep in mind, because I know there might be one picture you're getting in your mind of maybe a house made a bunch of zeros and ones. that looks like the Matrix or something like that. Believe me, it's not going to look like that at all. Um, It's actually more so digital property. Okay, intellectual property, if you will, um, that you really own, you can technically not only see it and touch it, but it can be utilized in different ways from hosting to domain names to actual applications where you can do whatever you need to do. You know, you can run a business from it. It can be a business. There are different aspects to it and that's why it for so long was kind of confusing for a lot of people to understand because they really weren't involved in the digital world you know if you were a digital marketer or if you're a web developer you're working in it and tech in some case and some way you know with over the past 15 to even 30 years if you will um, you may have had better insight into it right you had a better understanding of it but even people who are within the industry had a very limited view in some cases, depending upon how much they worked within the world of development, specifically programming and web development. Now we're seeing that completely, you know, opened up to everybody. More people are talking about things like, you know, the metaverse, which is really um, branding by Facebook. Not That's not an actual word for the entire aspect of, you know, web 3.0. And we're not going to get into so in-depth where you where you get lost in this. The whole purpose of this is to get into the different areas where you can invest in virtual and digital assets. Okay, build out your portfolio, even run a full business right from those assets. And it's the funny thing is, I'll say this a lot, you know, when it comes to digital real estate, the funny thing is, is that millions upon millions of people who have no idea about web development uh, software development software programming anything like that have actually been investing in forms of digital real estate for years now they just didn't see it that way and sometimes it's that it's it's the way the lens is it's the mindset we have that actually keeps us and holds us back from saying oh my god i'm actually on a path that i you know to really be to really be financially free, to build more level, uh, more forms of passive income and passive revenue, um, because it's the mindset. 
right? We're not looking at it from the full picture. We're only seeing it from maybe, you know, one, one portion of the scope. So we'll break down the different forms, okay? The different ways that you can have and invest in digital real estate and some of the best practices to do so. Because of course, even though, as I said, it's been around for a while, what constantly happens, especially in a world like we're seeing right now with crypto and blockchain, is that even though things become more popular, there's a lot of information out there. There's a ton of information. Doesn't mean that the information is given to you in a concise manner. It's, it's you know, sometimes very confusing because there's just so much noise. You want to cut through the noise. You want to you know, kind of see the light through the tunnel because you're just so clouded and, and it's just so much going on. You really get more confused and you don't understand all the, all the details that are out there because there's just so much to learn. And unfortunately, a lot of people are getting overwhelmed and they feel like, well, okay, I know what I know right now and that's all. And that could actually be a negative effect on them that could actually be hurting them in, their, in, in the pursuit of their goals, as opposed to what it should be, which is, it should be helping you. You know, information should be making things a little bit more clear, should be opening it up to where you understand it to say, this is the right move, this isn't the right move for me, you know, which which way do I go? So this episode, when we get, when we get into the forms of digital uh, real estate, and you know the opportunities there then we'll go into the best practices okay the best practices and this isn't the best practice for for only certain people this is best practice across the board whether you are a person who's you know running a business right now about to start a business um, an entrepreneur with a side hustle you know full-time worker with a side hustle full-time worker with with your own small business as well it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter what industry you're in okay the goal here is to make sure you have the information you need to make the right moves. And then what we're going to go over is a few opportunities, a few takeaways that you can utilize to help you make the right decisions going right off the bat if you haven't invested in anything in digital real estate. So we'll come back. We'll get into first the forms of digital real estate, what you know, how they look, what opportunities are there. And after that, We'll go into the best practices to get you started or to optimize what you already have because maybe you had the wrong information from the beginning. So when we come right back from this break, we will get into the best forms of digital real estate and the opportunities that are out there. All right. All right, everybody, welcome back and let's get right into it because frankly, there's investments on the table, there are assets on the table. <laughs> it's just, let's just, let's just make it happen. Um, and let's not delay any, any farther, right? Ownership is everything. You know, that's the entire reason why we want to be entrepreneurs. The entire reason why we want to start our own businesses is because we want to have a certain level. And I mean, honestly, we want to have full control, but let's be real. You know, in some cases we're still going to work. We still can have maybe a full-time job and a side hustle. And then we transition over our full-time, um, running a full-time business on our own. But the ultimate goal is to control our destiny, right? To really control where we go. And it's harder to do that working for somebody else. And this is the reason why we want to have as many investments and as many assets working for us, right? Bringing in potentially other streams of income, right? We want these three things set up for ourselves because we want to control how we live our lives, our destinies, our ways of living, our lifestyles. Right. We don't want to be bound by a paycheck. We don't want to be bound by someone else's uh, career path or someone else's job or someone else's company. So when I talked about earlier the barriers of entry, 
really have been greatly reduced over the past, easily over the past 30 years, but even overall the past maybe 45 years because of the growth in, let's just be, uh, let's just call it for what it is, it's just the pure accessibility of technology, right? I mean, literally almost every person in the world has a supercomputer basically in their hands through their phone. So there's many things that they can do. It's just up to you to one, educate yourself, get the information and utilize those tools. And that's when it comes to digital real estate. It is here, right? This isn't um, something completely made up. This isn't some theory. Technically, you can own a piece of the internet, right? Because the internet is just a connection between websites, platforms, applications. People, people often forget an application that's on your phone is connected. It is a part of the internet. It is in part, it's part of the overall connection of computers and platforms and digital platforms, right? So ownership in it is not completely, it's not something that should be looked at as it's only for the super rich. It's only for the wealthy, anything like that. Anyone can start off from the very beginning and the most basic form of it is truly owning your own domain, right? And this, I've often gotten into conversations in the past about this. So let's, let's look at, let's just break it down to like a fraction, right? A platform, okay? Platform being Facebook, a platform being um, LinkedIn, a platform like YouTube, you can be a user, right? You can even earn an income or you can earn revenue from those platforms, right? By being a user, driving traffic, driving engagement, right? In other words, driving people or, or, or you're producing content that brings more users to that platform and keeps them on that platform. And because of that, those platforms have ways of not necessarily paying you, right? It's more of an incentive for you because although YouTube indirectly passes through and pays you, right? Because of uh, the traffic that you're driving, the engagement, the viewers, the subscribers, they're not really paying you out of their direct pocket. They're actually paying you by way of advertisers paying you, right? So they work as a middleman. They work as a distribution channel. Here is, and here is the key of ownership, right? He who owns has the right to distribute. He who owns has the right to distribute both what? Wealth and access to the funds. You don't own YouTube. You don't own Facebook. You could have the most popping Facebook account. You could have the, the, you could have an Instagram account that has hundreds, millions, potentially one day, even billions of followers. But at any moment, whenever those platforms want to pull the plug, they want to change the regulations, the rules and regulations. And I'll give you a good example. Okay. When we talk about revenue, even if you're bringing revenue to the platform, right? I once had a client and this really, this really got sparked because of, of, of three main platforms over the past, um, two years from 2020 up until now 2022 but i once had a client okay and now i've been working with uh cbd companies i've been working with vape companies you know doing some 
some content creation, some marketing, some development, some even even when it comes to designing some packaging. Um, since starting with one startup about four years ago, and that's how I got really into the industry. Anyone knows me? I take that deep dive, man. <laughs> when I when I get into something, when I get into an in, when I get into an industry, when I get into a field, you know, this is why when I had the e-commerce business in the past. I, I went as far as like we weren't just selling jeans. I didn't want to just be somebody, oh, start some drop shipping website. No, I literally learned how to make jeans. <laughs> okay. I literally went to factories. I, I talked to distributors around the world. I, you know, I was was involved in Alibaba conferences because I would like I said, I wasn't gonna be a drop shipper. I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. I want to manufacture the thing. Um, because that's how I am. When I when I want to get involved, I get involved. That's why I wanna focus on something as much time and energy as I can. So getting back to the CBD and really at the core, and I'm not trying to take you down that tangent, you know, I can go on a roll sometimes. I have so many stories, but what was going on was we were noticing, okay, the industry is growing, CBD is growing, you know, all those things are starting to pop off and happen. But it was restrictions, of course, on how you can advertise because CBD um, specifically, now this was cannabinoid. This didn't have any THC, anything like that, but it was still a regulated good. And even at this time, this is, like I said, this is about four or five years ago. This is way, way, way beyond than what it is right now, right? So we hadn't even gotten to the level that it is right now where it's available in your local drugstore. Nothing like that. Guys, you got to keep in mind, right? The, the legal, you know, medicinal marijuana, um, legal CBD, you know, I mean... It, it has not been around that long, right? So we were still, not even at the beginning stage, we were kind of in, if you will, say the, the infancy stage, but we were noticing, hey, it's very limited where we can advertise, where we can promote. And at, you know, I started acquiring more clients and I had a client that had a supplement, um, fitness supplement business, but he also sold CBD products. Now, this is what I'm talking about. We don't own the platforms and it's very important to understand that. Okay, my whole argument about what well, we we'll get into ownership in a moment, but it's not coming from you know, a non-fact based place. He had no problem selling his supplements on social media platforms. No problem. He had no problem advertising those supplemental platform, uh, products on those platforms. No issue. None whatsoever. For three years, Google, social media platforms, specifically Facebook and Instagram, were his two best. He was doing very well regulation changes literally within a day okay within a day after we're killing it and i mean we are crushing it right we're identifying great markets we're identifying customers we do we, we, we're doing what you're supposed to do right which is utilize that advertising to to truly nail down that target audience bring in a good amount of sales even on that first go around and then retarget that campaign and go even harder we are going there we're doing very well and then boom changes the crazy part is it wasn't because of some huge legal change regulation change it was just because of change in the platform all of our ads got cut all of our ads stopped all of our ads and everything and it had nothing to do with what we were advertising it had to do with the site okay the site also had cbd products but the advertisements, which I knew for a fact, we couldn't advertise CBD products. Like I said, it was still in early, early stages. And I knew that wasn't going to get passed. I wasn't even going to try that because I'm not trying to do anything black hat, anything like that. 
but because the site had one page with CBD products for sale. Okay, and of course we want the tracking pixel to track everything. We wanna see where people are falling off. It stopped it. But that regular, that restriction had not been going through for months. And we weren't the only ones. We're thinking like maybe it's a strike against us. No, we weren't the only ones. It happened to hundreds of sites. Some people literally just said the word CBD and it still strike them down. I spoke to our representative and you know, being a Facebook advertiser for years, um, there's certain you know premiums that you're given because you know if you work with them enough, you work directly one on one with a representative, especially with a client. You know if you have a client account or I'm sorry, an agency account, you have many clients in there, and I it just came to full fruition. I mean, it came to uh, full disclosure. Hey, these are the changes. You know, you guys got to be up to date. It and they have no, they do not have to issue a press release. They don't have to issue an announcement. It is up to you as the advertiser, as the business owner, to be aware of this. And this is exactly my point about owning your own platform owning your piece of real estate or digital real estate on the internet we're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars every week on these advertisements in other words we're we're the ones generating we're the reason why facebook is a billion dollar corporation right doesn't stop them from saying hey we're going to change everything to the last minute and cut you off I'm not knocking Facebook. What I'm saying is, is you don't own that like page. You don't own, you don't even own that advertisement if you really think about it. Really think about that for a moment, y'all. You are spending hundreds, thousands of dollars on advertisements you technically really don't own. But you can be held liable for what you say and what you do. It's the world of advertisement. Specifically, when you're advertising through a distribution, when you're advertising through another channel. In other words, you don't own the billboard, you don't own the newspaper, you don't own a magazine, you don't own the platform, you don't own that. That's the first, you know, kind of view into you're not owning the platform, but you're still spending money. Number two, what just happened last year was huge. It was all over the news. Okay, you can look it up. It's right here in this article. Have a link to the article on the uh, description in this episode on the website, and then you know you can check out more of it. But look how many people were affected when Facebook, Instagram were down, and I can't tell you how many people said this. My business, I make hundreds of thousands of dollars every month off of Facebook, off of off of Instagram. More people directly from the Instagram. <clears throat> from advertisements in their business on Facebook, right? Because we all know Facebook is not what it used to be when it comes to that um, to that level of, of traffic, unless you're going through the advertising network. But think about that. Really think about this for a second. When Instagram and Facebook were, you know, when they crashed, when they went down because of issues, I'm not getting into speculation what the issues were. You can read the full article here. But when their server, when they went down, how many businesses screamed, hooped, hollered, okay, about the, just the complete halt to their business? Now, it's one thing if you're telling me that's your main advertising channel. I can understand that. But the, the part that got me kind of just thrown was the fact that people said, my business stopped. I'm like, how does your business stop? How are we in the year of 2021 living off of Oh, I'm just using Instagram. I'm just using Instagram. I'm only using Instagram for my business. 
I'm only using WhatsApp for my business. I'm only using Facebook for for my business. Do you know that there are countries, potential customers, right? They have nothing. This has nothing to do with your product, mind you. I'm not talking about your product, okay? In this example, there are countries that you can't even show your product, even if it's perfectly legal to sell, just because it's on Facebook, because Facebook isn't allowed, because Instagram isn't allowed. Because a platform is not allowed. Because not every country operates like the U.S., right? So if you have a target audience and that target audience, actually China is a great market for your audience. You may not be able to talk to them because of the platform you're restricting your business to. It makes no sense in the year 2021 to do this. Final example. OnlyFans. Now, OnlyFans has a huge, huge following. There's two problems with OnlyFans. Right. Two problems from the standpoint of businesses. One it has a stigma on it. Right. So even though only fan and actually only fans business model is actually a very good model. Right. I mean, there's similar models to it, but the way they're set up is actually a very good model. If you look at their business model. Right. It's very helpful to um, to content creators in the way it's set up. Hence why so many people were able to make money on it. Here's the problem. The stigma is number one. So a lot, I mean, you have a ton of brands that do not want anything to do with OnlyFans. And I mean some big brands. We're talking basic consumer products. Have They want nothing. And when I say nothing to do with them, I mean, not only say they don't want to even create an OnlyFans account. You also have the fact that they don't want to work with a content creator who's on OnlyFans. There are content creators who have nothing to do with the adult industry, have nothing to do with any, you know, anything um, restricted to 18 plus that can't even run affiliate marketing through their OnlyFans accounts, even though they have hundreds of thousands of followers because of one simple fact, it's OnlyFans. So OnlyFans noticed that they have two major competitors, one that came out before them, similar model, very similar model in Patreon, but not the exact same field. And then they have two other major competitors. Links are in description as well if you wanna check them out. Um, And they're like, wait a minute, this is from OnlyFans perspective. They're losing out on roughly 15 to 25 billion. Okay? Because they can't even run ads. They can't, they can't do a lot of stuff that they want to do because of the stigma. So you know what they said? We're gonna restrict the type of content. And what happened? Huge backlash from content creators. Huge backlash from content creators. Now, I know from a creator standpoint, you're thinking, yeah, exactly. The creators they stood up said what they had to say. They said they were going to leave the site and go somewhere else. Yeah, the problem is, and here's the, here's the fundamental problem. And I'm and again, as a content creator, as a as a creative, as an artist, whatever, you know, what's however you want to categorize yourself. You have to be honest with yourself too. Okay? There are a lot of creators out there. There are a lot of talented people out there. There are a lot of talented people looking for an opportunity to showcase their abilities and showcase their talents and showcase their creativity and build a brand, right? And profit from their passion. Okay. The moment a platform identifies a business model that can make them just as much, if not more money, more revenue, and they just have to shift, they can do it. They just have to have the courage to do it. Now, it could destroy the platform. They might have to rebrand the platform. And I think this is what OnlyFans identified 
that they would have to do a huge rebrand, a huge rebrand that they really couldn't afford. But I'll tell you right now, that doesn't mean that they can't and they won't do it within the next five to 10 years, because if you pay attention to the way things are trending, they are actually changing because more people are coming into their space. You have medium, you have Quora. Like I said, you have the, you have, you have the, the, um, honestly, the success of Patreon. You know, you have Twitter trying to get into the space. You have Instagram focusing more into the space. You have a lot of platforms getting into that space. Okay. You have, you have fan base. You have a lot of different platforms. Links to many of these platforms are in the description so you can see the difference in their business models and how they compete. Because you as a creator, you as an entrepreneur, you have an opportunity, right? But what I get at going over these three examples is none of these platforms, let's just be real, cared about what the creators had to say, cared about what the business owners had to say until after the fact, in some cases. And the only reason why OnlyFans didn't go forward with it is because the majority of the revenue that's being generated is it's not from advertising, it's not from anything, it's from those creators. So the moment they get the moment they they basically ostracize them, the moment that they basically say, uh, we're, you're, you know, we're not going to focus on you anymore. You know, you're the ones who built the platform. It's not unlike Facebook. Notice why I said unlike Facebook, because Facebook was able to change those regulations. because They're like, yeah, but we still got people who want to sell you know, ebooks. We still have people who want to sell apps. We still have people who want to sell, you know, their SaaS, their, you know, software as a service. We're going to have advertisers. We don't have to worry. We don't, we're not concerned about the few supplement companies or, or the few, you know, companies that are selling energy drinks or anything like that, who are getting affected by this and those changes, which goes back to the one simple fact. You don't own those platforms. You don't. And it comes down to as simple as owning a domain. That's literally the reason why it's called a domain. It's the word says it all. It's a domain. It is literally your domain, your piece of the Internet that can't be copied. This is why when people say, you know, my business name dot com, whatever the name of their business may be, is taken. People, especially from a, a web developer or a business owner standpoint who understands the power of the dot com, you get Lack of better terms, sorry, y'all. You get pissed. Real talk, I get pissed. <laughs> Whenever I'm talking to a client and they're like, oh, I don't have my domain name, the first thing I'm like, oh, crud. And it's dot com. It's gone. And I'm like, good Lord. And then we find it and it's, oh, yeah, you can purchase this name for $15,000. You can purchase this name for $17,000. I'm giving these numbers because these are real numbers I've seen. I had one client come to me. Um, it was early 20 when, when we started getting more SEO clients, early 2021. And they were like, yeah, I want to redo my whole website. I want a new domain name and everything. I was like, okay, you really don't know why you want a new domain name. But then I noticed their domain name was really, is really, let's be real. It didn't give you the name of the company. It didn't tell you the name of the I'm like, well, why didn't we? Sure enough, start quick research, not even five minutes. Oh, because the name that they really should have is taken already. And if, if we want it, I talked to the broker. Yeah, you could have it for $25,000. Brought it down, said, eh, you can have it for 17. Based on the searchability, based on the keywords, based on all that. The domain name was only purchased. This is the crazy part. The domain name was purchased two years after, two years 
after this business owner started the business. The reason why they didn't get that domain name is because they wanted to be fancy. Let's just say that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They didn't want to call their business what it is because they felt that was a little too generic. They wanted to get really creative and it hurt them in the long run because the, the you wouldn't even think that that would be their domain name, honestly, just the way it just to summarize it. Right. So it made it challenging to fight for keywords. It made it challenging for doing a lot of content. It it makes it an uphill battle. Because they went about a lot of things on their own instead of going to a professional you know, web developer, web design agency, whatever it may be. And the sad part is most likely that domain name when it was first around could have been maybe not even not even 10 bucks a year. So. Here's here's the here's the gist of it, right? When it comes down to running your business, and we're we're not getting into we're in the digital space, we're in the digital world. The very first and most important digital asset you can have is your domain name. Digital real estate is not something that's just being made up it is a full-fledged industry you have to think every app every website every online software right i just mentioned SaaS, software as a service s-a-a-s right they're all over the place everything from salesforce smart sheets hubspot they're hootsuite everywhere your social media, financials, business analytics, everywhere. And they all have a domain name. They all have domain names. If you look up right now, one of the most valuable domain names in the in still to this day is one of the most generic domain names. And it makes perfect sense. There's a link in the description. I want you to check this out, business.com, and look how much it's sold for. So a great way to break it down when I say real estate, right? Check it out, and in the comments, let me know how much business.com sold for. How much did business.com sold for, okay? Put that in the comments. The way I break it down when it comes to real estate, because when people think real estate, they think of a house, right? And that's a great way of thinking of a course because it's just our frame of reference, right? So look at your domain name as your address. And we've all heard this before, this term when it comes to real estate, when it comes to business, when it comes to real, really any kind of real estate, commercial or residential, location, location, location. Right. The single reason why a lot of people are paying high mortgages, rent, whatever it may be, is because of the location. Heck, it, it can have you could have the worst house on the best block. If you are on a great block, if your house, if your business, right, because we're looking at it from a business perspective. So if your business is located on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, is the reason why it's called the Magnificent Mile. Right? If your business is on Wall Street. If your business is on Broadway in New York, Madison Avenue, oh, oh, you're paying some money. You're paying some serious money. 
And you could have the worst storefront. You could have the smallest storefront. You could have the smallest square footage. You are paying premium real estate because it's the name. It's location, location, location. Every state, every city, every country has this. This is a given in real estate, right? I remember a term from an old real estate agent um, that I met years ago. And they say, you rather, you, or you, I believe they say it exactly. You always rather be in a position where you have the worst house on the best block. You know why? Because you can always improve the house. You can't change the block. You can't change the neighborhood. But you can fix that house. You can spruce it up. You can repaint it. And you know what? You buy it at a low price. You sell it at a high price. And you're good. Because you're in the right neighborhood. Because you're in the right uh, community. You're in the right You're in the right block. You're in the right corner. It's the reason why, it's the reason why McDonald's is, is successful. They have the best real estate in all of retail. Right? It's not because they're flipping burgers. It has nothing to do with Ronald McDonald. Not my personal favorite clown, by the way. Not a fan of clowns. Not afraid of them. Just not a fan of them. Actually, kind of like Remus. He was kind of cool. But that's a whole other thing. Purple. It's a good color. See? It's so check good on the rant. Anyway. Point is. <laughs> point is. It's all about address is all about the location and the very first step digital world is that domain even if i'll say this even if you haven't registered your business yet you know you haven't you haven't fully incorporated now of course you want to make sure this is the name you want to go with it's going to be the name of your business get your domain name file in the paperwork get your domain name immediately get that the crazy part is a lot of companies are using your domain name, your website as verification that your business is legit. Back in the day, okay, and I, I hate that LinkedIn got removed this restriction. To that. It was actually a very good restriction, but they noticed enough pe more people weren't doing it, you know, and doing it this way. So they, they changed it, which I understand they went in growth. But in order for you to have a, um, a company like page or a company like page, I'm going to of Facebook, a company page on LinkedIn you had to have a domain. That was the reason why I actually had, and I looked at a lot of my competitors at the time, they didn't have any company pages. Right? And to get things, to this day still, to get things straight, uh, to get things taken down, like if people are saying something about your company or whatever on LinkedIn, they are going to ask you, hey, do you have, you know, is it Aaron from, you know, mybusiness.com or is it, you know, the, the vice president of, of operations or whatever from mybusiness.com. And they're going to ask you to email them from that email, not your Gmail, not your Yahoo, not whatever. They want that actual domain because it's seen as, listen, if you've taken the step to at least spend the 15, 20 bucks at the most to get a domain and an email, it's, it's your business because surprisingly people won't do it. You got people who are willing to invest in cryptocurrency, but they're not willing to get a domain name for the business. Right? The actual website or the actual platform would be more of the, so the house. If we're looking at it from a real estate standpoint, we're looking at it from a, a commercial residential standpoint, right? The website itself would more so be the house. 
We all know about houses. How many people flip houses? How many people renovate houses? How many people demolish houses and rebuild them? How many times are buildings knocked down and we get a whole new building, right? Let's just, hey, keeping it a buck. How many buildings get abandoned? But that address stays the same. I could tear down and have a lot and say, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to build yet, but I'm, but I own that piece of real estate because it's an asset. And just like any other asset, yes, you have to maintain it, has to have some maintenance. If it's a business, you want to drive traffic to it. It's the same thing. See, when we, we, we get, there are people who benefit by keeping things confusing and, and over and making it way more complicated than it has to be. But this doesn't have to be complicated because it's not. The very first investment on the digital platform, digital world, you should be you should be making is your domain. And then building one heck of a site that your customers, that your clients, that your fan base, that your audience wants to come to. Because from there, and that's what we'll get into next, of how it can truly become profitable engine okay a source of revenue for you and then we're going to close out with the best practices we have that digital piece but here's a breakdown your domain is your address always that's your address that's your location that's your spot right your hosting right if you will your web hosting more like your community your neighborhood because you don't usually own in most cases we're not gonna own our own server and that's fine you can use a shared server you can have a dedicated server but there's 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 a lot of really good host companies out there and because you own a piece of that community in that neighborhood that's why i don't even comparison to do to, to renting i compare i give you the comparison of ownership one of the companies i work with um, when I when I build websites, typically, because I just like the security, I like the the performance. The, if anything's happening with the server, like I said, what happened with Facebook? Think about it. A lot of people didn't know Facebook and Instagram went down until they couldn't log on. The if they haven't, which they they do, the third party hosting service contacted Facebook and Instagram them to let them know what's going on in the issues and they were working one on one with them because you own your own website right the hosting service comp or the hosting firm they will contact you hey there's a problem there's something going on we're working on it they'll keep you informed because you're an owner but with Facebook with Instagram with whatever platform even if it's your business even if you're making hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars doesn't matter Kim Kardashian couldn't get on her Instagram. And that's how a lot of people found out. She tweeted because Twitter was working. People people reached out and found out what's going on. People posted on YouTube. People posted all over the place. You know what wasn't having a problem? Hundreds of thousands of millions of websites that were not on the servers of Instagram, the same servers that Instagram and Facebook were on. And the businesses that were running from those sites that had SEO going on, you know, that, that people could still do a, a Google search, a Yahoo search, a Bing search for and find through those platforms 
and flying through any other search engine. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't having a problem. So look at your hosting as that community, that neighborhood in, hey, who doesn't like to be a part of a neighborhood watch if they own a home? And that service is looking out for you in your best interest since your security. And the house that is in that neighborhood, in that community is your website. You wanna make sure the, the grass is clean. Wanna make sure the windows are nice and washed. I would hope so at least, you know. I use the analogy of the worst house on the block. You don't wanna have the worst house on the block. No one wants the worst house on the block. But that's a great way of looking at it. And then it, it, it removes a lot of that confusion. Cause I can tell you right now, if I have a storefront, that storefront is gonna look beautiful. And I want it in one of the best corners possible with a lot of traffic And I do want a good neighborhood that cares about what happens to my property. So when we come back, we'll talk about the ways to benefit and profit from not only just this basic, you know, domain name website level, but on a little bit of a higher level of how you can turn your ownership in digital real estate into more streams of income we come back alrighty alrighty okay so now how can you profit from it how can you profit from your digital real estate and the cool part about it is this and this goes back to using that example um, my client we totally bypassed running Facebook ads because we were having so many issues Right. And I brought up all the other methods for us to utilize the website and to utilize, you know, the opportunities that are available there. And one of the biggest opportunities that in some cases, don't get me wrong now, you do want to run advertisements to help out. But one of the cool, one of the, the, the biggest opportunities that you have with your own platform is the same thing that the platforms make money from us from, right? Is your data, your customer data. Right? And it's simply as building a relationship with them. Now, one of the books I recommended in a past episode was Launch by Jeff Walker. Always recommend this book. Like I said, I read it multiple times a year. It's If you're launching a new product, service, still, without a doubt, cannot recommend it. It's not even the book I'm recommending from this episode, but... I will, I will probably reference that book and two others as many times as possible because it's honestly one of the best ways to break down an email marketing campaign. And that is one of the primary pieces of data that you have in your website or if you have your website, you have your domain name, you have your own platform, the email addresses. Can't tell you enough, man. It happens. <laughs> Sadly, I've had this conversation more than I wanted to. But I've had the conversation where someone's coming to me. Hey, I have 20,000. I have 15,000. I have 100,000 followers, likes, or I'm sorry, not likes, um, subscribers to a platform that they don't own. This is the reason why, right? No matter what anyone says, email marketing is old. Email marketing is dead. Email marketing is going to why do, if that's the case then why do you need an email to sign up for 
anything, pretty much anything nowadays. Have you ever thought about that? I give you the, I give you what I was um, in a conversation at a um, at a convention. I mentioned this convention a couple times. Someone said to me, "If direct mail, business cards, and let's." I think they said promotional flyers. I think that was the other one, but I remember for sure it was direct mail and business cards. They said direct mail and business cards. So I want to misquote them. Direct mail and business cards are so outdated and are no longer useful. Why are they still multi-million dollar industries that have some of the best return on investment out of almost every other business venture or business uh, investment that you can make as a promotional tool? business cards to this day you will still find people who ask you do you have a card do you have a business card do you have business cards aren't going anywhere anytime soon i'm sorry it, there's a lot of people out there trying to replace them and it's this is not me sounding like the old dude who's trying to keep it going it's just a fact we all know that at one point in time you weren't even seen as a legitimate business person if you didn't have a business card and I can tell you right now, there are still more than enough people who believe that. Because I can I can make a Facebook page within minutes if I really wanted to. Might not be fully optimized, you know, but you can throw up a page real quick. It takes some time to get, go and it, it takes an investment to get some cards printed up. It takes an investment to dine and get your logo, make sure your information is accurately there and then push those babies out to get those to get those cards out to people direct mail me directly contacting you where you live right me reaching out to you when you start a business in a new neighborhood as a storefront and this is coming from a digital marketer i don't see why you wouldn't have a direct mail campaign and once again i'm a digital marketer a direct mail camp campaign where you send a postcard and has a qr code that somebody gets scanned how hard is that whenever you enter a new neighborhood a new community a new city I don't understand why that isn't a part of the campaign because we all know I use this I use this reference before we all know yeah we can get an email you can get a text message how many people are actually writing you a letter right so take it strictly digital you're not even sending them emails <laughs> you're counting on followers to, to mark notifications so they know when you something subscribers are great on on youtube yeah they're awesome but keep in mind an email is far more powerful because an email is directly connected to that person and what they're checking probably from family members their bank they're going to that email they have notifications set up for that email for sure. That's why one of the best calls to action is when you're on Facebook. Right? Like my page. Make sure you have notifications. Follow my page. On Instagram. Follow. Make sure you have those notifications. If people, people miss that call to action all the time with, fa with Facebook, Instagram, any social media platform. The only one they don't miss it on is, is YouTube. And the reason why... Is because YouTube pushes it so hard to like, subscribe, 
turn on the notification bell. Oh, by the way, on the Ambition Show on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our page. Turn on and hit that notification bell so you always know when we're posting new content. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I'm serious about that too. But <laughs> the power of an email address is amazing. And that's what I really had to go through and convince the client to focus on. We need to focus on email marketing because we've driven so many people to this website, but now we can't run ads for a while till we change some things around the site. But we have so many people sitting right here that no one's being, no one's reaching out to them yet. And this is your business too. So if you don't even have a website, you're taking yourself out the game completely. Because from that email, you can then build a relationship, build a pipeline of business. And this is why I'm talking about the revenue generation. There's two areas here. Number one, anytime a new product release, boom, send them an email. Yeah, you can go to our like page, you go to our Facebook page, you go to our Instagram, you go to our WhatsApp, whatever it may be. Boom, here's an email. Letting you know what we're posting up there. Letting you know to like our new content. But here's the second one, and this is the big one. This is the big revenue stream that people have finally, I am so happy, finally caught on to. An email newsletter can operate just like an old school newspaper, a typical magazine, ad space within there, ad space that you own ad space that you negotiate ad space that you have the contract to and work directly with the advertiser with not adwords or sorry google ads now i told i told you i'm gonna show my age once in a while you know you're gonna be like dang Aaron, you've been in this game for a minute yes i have yes i have okay i'm gonna be the best looking 92 year old you ever meet <laughs> no nowhere near 92 but I've been in the game for a long time, okay? But you have the opportunity to negotiate everything within that email, to build and draft that email, and develop it based on each segment of customer or audience that you're talking to. The people who never buy from you, but they sign up for your email list. I can't tell you how many companies have this. They have a, subscri they have a subscribers list of people who've never bought from them. And they still make money from that group because they're, okay, you know what? You might not be buying directly from me, but you like the free content I'm sending out. Here's the next revenue stream. Okay, it might not be an advertisement I send you. It could be an affiliate link that I send you in my next communication. And it's not me just saying, hey, buy from my affiliate marketing partner. No, it's, here's my typical blog post. Here's the typical video content that I share in that email. And I'm sharing a product that I use. I'm sharing a product that I appreciate, that I like, that I that I have been using for years. And now they're willing to pay me to, 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 to tell you about it. And you know what? I'm willing to share a discount with you, a coupon, a free trial. Right? You have that opportunity to build that better relationship with that customer and with that audience. The co-branding potential is unlimited, and this is sitting right there waiting for you. Because referencing a conversation, hard conversation, 
Hey guys, this is the best reason why when you run your own business, you can pick and choose your own clients. And I like I told you before, I don't go for hard sales. If a person doesn't see the value in it and I can't, I can't present the value to them and they don't see the value for themselves or working with, you know, whatever it may be that either my company directly or just the overall. And I can tell you right now in this conversation that I had, person just didn't see the value in anything and they're still in the situation that they were in before technically. When they, I referenced it, I referenced this before, um, a little earlier, where a person was like, oh, I, I have over 50,000 followers on Instagram. I don't see the purpose of investing in a website and SEO. And I completely, hey, from their perspective. And I asked them, how many of those 50,000 people are customers? Because, and this is, this isn't what I said to them, but this is the, what is going through my mind in the process. Because if you have 50,000 followers, and you got a dollar from every one of those customers. You're making at least $50,000, right? So you, you actually have more than a minimum wage job if they are paying you $1 per customer, per, per follower. So I asked them, how many of those 50,000 are customers? And they had, now this person definitely had their numbers, but they had their numbers from advertisements. I said, no, 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 not from your ads. Of those 50,000 followers, who are your customers? Could you literally pull that? And this is what I meant. Can you, I said pull, can you pull that? Okay. Can you pull out of that 50,000, the names, the contact information of each one of your customers? And before they can answer, I said, cause this is why I'm asking. Even if it's 1,000, that's 1,000 people we can continuously market to because they're the people that normally buy from you. So I could market to that person depending upon the product that you have, right? At least 10 times, over the at least over the course of the year. So now you're almost guaranteed 10,000 sales. And if we send them a product, in the pro, or we, will we send them list of product, service, whatever it may be, for $5 a piece and we get 10,000 sales, five, $5, boom, that's 50,000 right there. You're good. Right? Right? <laughs> and the conversation went to, right, but I have to spend this for a website. I have to spend this for the domain. I have to update the, I have to keep the website update. Looking at the work that has to be done even though the work would not be on their end necessarily. Going back to, I can just build off of that 50,000. Now, keep in mind, we're talking Instagram here, right? Yes, you can add Linktree, you can add a bunch of other, you know, you can add a couple of other analytical tools in there. Crazy part about it is all of those analytical tools, Linktree is just a landing page, a website. <laughs> and keep in mind, if you want to customize, fully customize your link tree, you have to pay for that, right? You could just pay for a very basic landing page and website and link it right back to your Instagram. No, it's really no difference, right? But there is a difference. Like I said, not only the emails, 
The other piece, and this is what came up in the conversation, the other aspect of having your own site is you can sell advertising space on the website, which is what a lot of people are technically doing on Instagram. And you own the website. You own the data. You can either be a part of the AdSense program. You could be part of one of the many other advertising networks. There's a full list of advertising networks in the link in description. Uh, link is in the description of this episode. Because there's tons of advertising networks out there now. All from your site. I'm not saying get rid of an Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever it may be. I'm saying use it as what it's truly intended for your business. It is a tool, not your entire business. So as I said, conversation, it finished with, if it's this hard to convince somebody who says that they need assistance to come over, it's fine to lose that. It's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go for a hard sale because the person clearly doesn't see the value. But use it as a learning, as a learning opportunity because what I noticed is, and this is severely still happening, obviously, a lot of people don't see the fact that you truly don't own that connection with your target audience if you run strictly through social media or a third party platform. Whether it be Patreon, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, even Amazon. You can't even run an ad for an Amazon store. Right? And a lot of people miss out on that. You can't, you think about that. You can't even run a proper ad for your Amazon store. Right? And as I say proper ad, I mean completely not black hat, nothing going around a corner because there's a lot of people out there who try that seen a lot of things in this industry because I've had people who say oh I want to run an ad for my Amazon store and I say okay where are you going to put the tracking pixel they say what tracking pixel like the the pixel that tracks the performance of the advertisement where are we going to put it oh (laughs) that was that yeah that was an answer one day oh I'm like yeah oh that's a big one you need to know if this advertisement is working or not. And you can't install that on, on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon has its own advertisement. Amazon has its own ad network. Right? Let you even you have even less data now. You own less connections to your audience. So the opportunities to build passive income, right? And I say that lightly because it's not completely passive. You still gotta put some work into it. No form of income is fully passive. You gotta do some work either on the front end or you know, actively doing it um, and getting paid residuals or whatever. But the opportunities to create multiple revenue streams, let's use that, that's better. To create multiple revenue streams from one primary action and activity for your business it's almost limitless when you own the platform, when you own the opportunity and you own the distribution channel. If you don't and you're relying upon whatever third party marketplace strictly, you limit 
your opportunity. And, and here's the crazy part about it. You put yourself in a position of not truly being a full business owner, right? Because you've cut off, hands down, the second best aspect of running your own business. And that's that connection you have with your target audience, that connection that you have with your community. The best part is you dictate your future. You, de- you determine how much you earn. When you truly run your own business for yourself, Okay, what well, your return on investment is based on your investment, time, effort, energy, dedication, passion. Yes, that plays a critical role, not motivation, work. And then after that, the second best piece is that relationship. There's nothing like being a business owner. You can call up your clients, you can call up your customers, or at least they know you. They know your team. They know your office. You know, we think about these large companies and people like, oh, I would love to be Bezos or I would love to be Zuckerberg or, you know, whatever major CEO or founder, whatever it may be. And then you think as a customer, wouldn't it be great if you could actually call Facebook? Wouldn't it be great if you call Amazon? Like really talk to somebody? And we notice how separated it is. Does that mean I'm telling you don't go for that if that's what you want one day to to have one of the largest corporations on earth? No. But one of the best pieces about running your own business is that you have a relationship and people, and we're seeing that with people who do super chats, who who donate money via cash app, whatever it may be to a to a to a content creator. Hey, this is the connection of OnlyFans. You have a connection with a content creator. You have a connection with an entrepreneur. You have a connection with an independent contractor you have a connection with the business owner and because people have that connection with you they're willing to give a little bit more they're willing to donate they're willing to invest because they're investing in you when you go strictly through a third-party platform you lose all of that sadly i'm being real with you you do lose all of that opportunity to build on a relationship right so ad space email marketing Right, ad space within the emails, affiliate marketing. Then you're gonna run affiliate marketing from your Amazon store? I would love to see how you do that. I would love to see how you do that. So, different ways to benefit from owning your own piece of digital real estate. Links are in the description of this episode. Couple ideas there for you to work with, especially if you're just now kicking around the idea, okay, what type of website, what type of email marketing, I kind of think gives you some good options there. When we come back, we'll go over the best practices when finally taking that leap, owning your piece of digital real estate. We'll go over the best practices and things to keep in mind when we get back. Cool, and we are back, y'all. Okay, so. Best practices. Now, keep in mind, and I'm gonna, you know, call this out to make sure we're all on the same page. Not saying don't go for anything when it comes to social media. Not, you know, you, you should still be utilizing different social media tools. Identify which social media platform is best for you to build that connection, because that's what social media is best designed for. 
to build the relationship. But if we really want to grow the relationship into a more profitable manner, and most importantly, we want to fully own our future, we want to fully own our business, we got to have our own piece of the digital real estate, right? You're hearing the term metaverse thrown all over the place. And the crazy part about it is when you look up digital real estate, a lot of people are going to think of that. They're going to think of buying real estate in a digital platform, which you can do, right? Which you really can do. And the crazy part is it's the exact same thing we just talked about. It's location, 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 right? But that is in such a way described and designed that it's still very, not necessarily just chaotic. It's just, it's not as much structure to it. So anybody jumping in without fully understanding it, you're taking a lot of chances there. Learn about it, read about it. There's great information, great details. But the very first stage and the very most basic stage, especially from a business owner standpoint, is simply having your own web platform. It's simply having your own space designated to your brand, right? Not your YouTube channel, okay? Not not just your OnlyFans account, not just your, you know, your your um your like page on Facebook, your company page even on LinkedIn. None of that. No, 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 no. Those are assets. Those are brand assets on another platform. So the first best practice, and this is the most well, yeah, this is honestly the most important because when we're talking about domain name. As I gave the example before, you always want to get as close to your business name because unfortunately, a lot of names are taken. And the more common your name is, most likely somebody's got it already. And that's the that, that hurts the most. When I've had to break that to somebody, hey, you know somebody has that name already, but that's my business name. I'm like, yeah, but your business name is not the most, you know, the most unique. And if it's super, and if it's really unique, that means it's probably not going to be searched for a lot, right? But, if it coincides well with what you do, auto mechanic, restaurant, cafe, right? There's gonna be a higher level of searchability, right? And it's gonna be easier to find keywords for. So the first thing is, is my business name, right? Is my business name closely associated with what we do? Is it, or, or where we're located, our community, our culture, whatever it may be, to where we can really build in good keywords for it. So I would always suggest think of what your business does, right? Especially, and this is great if you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out a, a, a name for your business. What would the people or what would a potential customer, my target audience, what would they put in a search engine to look for? It's the same thing if you're going to do uh, SEO and you're going to do um, search engine optimization work, right? What would people look for when they're looking for my business? Best, you know, um, Best tailor in Chicago, right? I want to be the I want to be known as the best men's tailor in Chicago. Hey, if that's if that's going to be a keyword that somebody would put in, I don't have a name for my business yet. 
All right, let me try to relate it to that. Just something that would easily come up in a search. Because that's the ultimate goal is for you to be easy to find for people who are looking for you. That even that makes your advertisements way easier as well down the road. Because you know what best, what keywords work best for, for an advertisement campaign. Right? So identify what those keywords would be if you're still trying to figure out the business name. If you already have a business name and your business name is already taken. Okay. If your business name is already taken, primary, the number one domain you want is a .com. Because automatically, even if people have never seen your business name, if you tell them you have a website, they'll say such and such my or mybusiness.com. It never fails. I've heard this. I've literally heard this hundreds of times. Where if people said a name to a company, oh, you're, you have a website? Okay, great. So it's yourbusiness.com? No, no, no. It's not .com. So if you don't have .com, remember, these are the best practices. If you don't have .com, after you've... If you already have a business name, you've already established your business, you just don't have a website. Or if you're about to establish a business name, okay, and you have a couple ideas. The first one you want to always go for is .com. If you can't go for .com, if you can, or I should say if you can't get .com, right, you have a company. By now, a lot of other names are taken or domain or extensions, right? So the dot and typically three letters or abbreviated uh, abbreviated term afterwards is your extension okay to your domain your next best bet would either be net okay i always suggest staying away from countries unless you're of course located in that country and there's something very 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 unique to where you want to be identified by that country. So I would not always say go for .us. .net would be your second choice. If you're a not-for-profit or non-for-profit business, .org is always a great bet, even if .com is available. Because we usually associate .org right, with an organization that isn't necessarily a for-profit um, endeavor, a for-profit company or, or organization, we typically associate org with a lot of institutions when it comes to, you know, if it's education, but it's not necessarily a school, if it's maybe a research institute or it's a professional education organization, things like that, you know, um, professional network. So if you can't get .com, go with .net or .org. Then I would suggest, then I would suggest, if you can, .us, your country. Simply because what a lot of times, and we've noticed this, of course, with keywords, sometimes the best thing to put in the keyword is the location. Now, not every city and state has an extension. Some do, actually. There's a, there's, there is it. Um, there's .new York. So some cities and major city, uh, major cities around the world, some states, provinces, they do have an extension. But in some cases, you can only use those extensions if you're located there or if you're part of an organization that's located there. So you may not be able to, you know, you may not be able to use that city or state. So the country would be the best bet. All right. And it's in some cases you have to use the country, but it's always a good bet to try first for .com, .net, and then .org always this makes it easier for people to search and find you which is the same thing that goes to your actual business name the actual domain 
So the second best practice, platform based on your business and industry. Now, we're going to have a webinar coming up where we go over the different platforms, the best platforms based on industry. In other words, if you have a cafe, if you have a restaurant, if you have a um, you know, doctor's office, if you have you know, a retail store, if you are strictly an e-commerce store that sells clothing and apparel, we'll have one of those coming up soon. But I would always suggest you go for a, either a web builder or a custom website as opposed, opposed to using other platforms that have websites built within them. Okay, and I'll give you an example. Um, there are platforms for the music industry, right? Like I said, dude, I'm always gonna reference the music. <laughs> That's where I kind of got started, right? With a lot of my with a lot of my branding and digital marketing work. So forgive me guys, I'm always gonna go back to a concert reference or a music reference. But there's platforms, um, Bandzoogle, Bandcamp are platforms that are out there for um, the music industry there's tons of them also now for podcasting as well and you can build a website within the platform take a if it's part of your package take advantage of it there's nothing wrong with having a second a second site up um that you know targets a little bit more to one specific offering but but it's a huge but coming here okay this all goes back to ownership right if you can't run your own advertisements, if you can't collect email addresses, phone numbers, contact information legally, okay, because there's legal restrictions on this. If you can't put in a Google Analytics tracking pixel, these three things, if you can't do all of these things, you don't own that site. Legally, you don't own it. And, and I know, hey, going to keep it real which of course we all know we don't all read the full terms of agreements <laughs> terms and conditions of every website we're a part of if we did we'd be freaked out okay and we probably wouldn't do anything online anyway but you don't legally own the data and the property that's being collected by that site and in a way that's a good thing because then you'll be held liable for a lot of it but if you just look at, hey, can I run Google Ads? If I want to have AdSense on my website that I'm going to buy through uh, this premium package, right? No, you can't. Can't post AdSense ads, which means AdSense, for those who don't know, there's a link to, to learn about AdSense if you don't know. So if you are on YouTube and you're making money from advertisement, that's the AdSense program. AdSense, okay? Basically, it's the advertising network that places the advertisements on either a website, a web platform that's part of the Google ad network, right? That's how you generate your revenue. So I would get the I would buy or I would pay for a Google advertisement and that Google advertisement would be placed on your web page via AdSense. You have to get your, uh, your website approved through AdSense. It's not a long process. It's a very straightforward process. And just very similar, if you, um, you know, if you have products that they're not a part of that network or they won't allow it to be advertised on the network, your website won't be approved. 
But that's a very, you know, um, it's a very, it's a very short list, if you will, right? So if you can't run advertisements from your website that you're going to get through these other third-party platforms, no. If you can't add the Google Analytics tracking pixel to track how many people are coming to your website, where they're coming from, are they coming from Facebook? Are they coming from Instagram? Are they coming from WhatsApp? Are they coming from LinkedIn? Are they coming from search engines? What keywords are they using to find you? If you can't collect all this, <clears throat> and if you can't run an email campaign where you have the email address, you have the phone number, you have the date of birth, you know, you build that relationship with people where they're sharing that information with you because you're going to run a promotion. If you can't do these three things, run those ads, insert the tracking pixels from any tracking because you Google Analytics is the best, but it's you know one of one of quite a few um, and also collect the contact information and store that contact information and then pull it into an Excel file. If you can't do those things. You don't own that website. So I would suggest number one, custom built website, but most people can't build, uh, can't afford that. And that's okay. You got to start where you can start from. The next best bet is your basic website builders, right? You can go to the, to, to everything from a Wix, Squarespace, Shopify, or a little bit more advanced with WordPress. Still any one of those Webflow, any one of these platforms would be your better bet. You own that website. You're paying them for that neighborhood, that community. You're purchasing that address. You're connecting that address to that house, to that storefront. That's yours. And they treat you like it's yours because you are an owner at that point. Okay. So going over those again, your domain name when you're researching it and you're looking up if you don't have it already what keywords are best associated with the name of the business right and this is what the name of the business should be if you don't have the name of the business already if you already have the name of the business then of course you're looking up your name of your business see if that's available if it's not available with a com which should be your first choice your second choice should be net org then your country okay now I'll throw this in there there are now vanity or profession extensions available I'll share a full list of those there's a link of a full list of those vanities or extension for some professions right some professions have their own domain now, which is absolutely perfect and awesome for those professions. But the funny thing is those are still not as popular as .com. And the only reason why those extensions exist is because .com is, is now almost everything is taken for .com. Literally almost everything is taken. We're talking about everything from a word off the top of your head. You didn't even know it. it's taken. So these vanity extensions are becoming far more popular, but neither here nor there. Link in the description of this episode. Next, best practice. Do not purchase the third party built in web builder, right? So if you are 
running a store through um, an online marketplace, okay? Or you're running a store, or you're running a, you're trying to build a website through, you know, the distribution channel of your business, of your music, of your art, okay? I would not suggest making that your primary website. Like I said, nothing wrong with making it a secondary site, a site that's focused strictly on one aspect of your business, but it should not be the hub of your business. The hub of your business should be the website that you own. Because if those sites don't allow you to do three things, that means it's not the hub of your business. You don't own it. If you can't collect email addresses, names, phone numbers, birthdays, physical addresses, okay? You can do this with a, with a MailChimp account. You can do this legally with, with constant contact. You can do this legally through a vertical response. You can, do this through, you can do this legally through Mad Mimi. All those email marketing platforms, completely legal. MailJet, completely legal because that's what they're for. That's what they're designed for. And you are responsible for that contact information. You're held liable for it because you own it. Because you own it at that point. So if you can't collect all that data, you don't own that site completely outright. If you can't run advertisements from that site, not sending people to you like you make a, a Google ad or Facebook ad. No, 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 no. That someone says, hey, I want to I want I have an advertisement. I want to place it on your website and I want to pay you for that. If you can't do that, you don't own that website. If you can't add the Google Analytics, the Facebook pixel, whatever advertising whatever tracking that you want to run if you can do that you don't own that site you don't own 100 aspects of that site the best practice for you to do is is to go to either a a actual web builder where you own the platform wix weebly squarespace shopify webflow five of the best that are out there build sites on almost all of them different types of businesses like i said if you're working with a a talented developer like myself no, just, <laughs> just had to throw that in there if you're working with if you're working with a developer or you have the time to develop it yourself go for the wordpress website go for a fully custom built website if you have a little more cash to work with the point is there's no reason for you not to own your own piece of digital real estate so those are the best practices and those are the things that will impact your business overall right from a digital real estate standpoint when we come back we'll close it out with the book of this episode and then finally the takeaways that i owe you be right back All right, everybody, so we are back and we are closing it out. But before we get to the book of the episode, just to do a quick recap, digital real estate, it's nothing confusing. It's nothing you know out of this world. The most basic and the foundation form of it all is very, very straightforward with just owning your domain name, owning your piece of the internet, your own website, making sure your business and your brand is protected and most importantly, you have the opportunity to develop as many revenue streams as you want from your own platform, not from a Facebook, not from a LinkedIn, not from an Instagram. You don't own those platforms, even YouTube, even Patreon. You don't own those platforms. 
OnlyFans, Groupon, and it just keeps going. Etsy, Camp, you don't own any of these platforms. Or, you know, I don't know why I'm different. I don't either. None of us own those platforms, right? So it is up to us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as creatives and content creators that want to own our space to truly own it. We invested enough to get our LLCs, to incorporate, to make business cards, to get office space, to get inventory, to, to go to college or or develop our trade skills one way or another. Spend 15, 25 bucks <laughs> a year or every three years to own a domain name, to spend, you know, whatever you're going to do, either have it professionally built, build it yourself and have that website built. And then you have the opportunity to connect with your audience, build a relationship with them on your terms and develop multiple revenue streams. All of that just starts with owning your your domain name and then turning it into either your app or your website, right? I didn't even get into apps because that's, once again, once you have that domain name, you can do whatever you want with it. It needs a domain name though. Apps have domain names. Apps are connected to servers. It's the same thing. Any application you think of, right? If I have my website, I can connect it right back. Or I'm sorry, if I have my domain name, I connect my, to my website or my application, whatever I prefer. I have that opportunity. So this is coming from just stepping back and seeing things a little bit differently, you know, over 15 years ago. And noticing, hey, there's a lot more that sadly the people in my communities, the people in my neighborhoods, you know, the people who even the people I was going to school with, they weren't seeing things, you know, the same way I was. And then I reached out asked a lot of questions and found all these different communities and found all these industries and like I said I'm talking about copywriting digital marketing branding it's amazing how branding became so trendy like I brought up a couple episodes ago how SEO was becoming a big trend or I had become a big trend over the past two years it's amazing how brands became the, the thing to talk about over the past five years I remember the first time I mentioned being a brand manager I was in college and somebody's like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. What do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> right? Because people weren't thinking about that kind of stuff then because we didn't think of ourselves as brands. When we, we've always been a brand, your resumes are your brand, which leads to the book recommendation for this episode. Now, to be honest with you, I didn't know about this author until I started working at a bookstore in college. And I couldn't understand, you know, people were just raving about him, raving about him, raving about him. I only read a portion of the book at the time. And I was like, oh, this is actually really good. And I never went back to it because I was so busy reading textbooks like most people in college. Right. I couldn't read the stuff I actually wanted to read. I read a bunch of textbooks. So it wasn't until years later that I finally got to pick up the book that at least from the people that I was around and the people at my bookstore that made him a well-known author and just a well author that, you know, people, people just raved about. The book was the tipping point. Okay. That was the first book that I was introduced to Malcolm Gladwell, but the book 
for this episode. I do recommend The Tipping Point. But the book for this episode. And this is the best book. That completely summarizes what we're talking about here. The book is Outliers. Okay. Now, Malcolm Gladwell. Fantastic podcast. Revisionist history. If you ever get a chance to check it out. Clearly, I like podcasts. Could you tell? <laughs> um, but this this the podcast was actually recommended to me. Just like his the first book I was introduced in was recommended to me. It's quite possibly one of the best books to help you understand that the environment that you're within and the combination of thinking differently, combination of just drive and motivation right can help you achieve success and thinking outside the box thinking differently opens up the opportunities for success right and making sure you're in the right environment to feed it to push and to enforce reinforce that journey towards success you got to be in the right room with the right people And that can simply come down to as, am I willing to take a chance on the ideas, the theories, the concepts, the different concepts, and not being afraid of them, right? I've used the term digital real estate for well over, well over seven years. Nowhere near coined the phrase, the phrase had been around for years, but I immediately saw it I immediately saw, hey, if I own a piece of the internet, it's basically like an asset, it is an asset, it's basically real estate, and it's just digital, it's just virtual, right? So I made sure I was around people who could understand that concept, but more importantly, had more insight into that world to where I could understand exactly how it could be developed how it could be used as a business how it could be how can it, it be used as another form of revenue because i've mentioned this before the world's concepts they're nothing new you know we're just taking them to different platforms and different levels gladwell's book goes right into that you got to put yourself in the right environment attach it and it's attached to your personal drive your personal motivations and that's the reason why you will achieve certain things right but it's all about a reinforcement. So the concept of something like a digital real estate, the concept of something like cryptocurrencies, NFTs, things like that. Learn. Take your time to really invest in thinking differently and not just following the model that's already there because the business models are there. True. Right. But we can redefine them all the time. We can change them around once again. This is the beauty of being an entrepreneur. The, the, literally, the, being an entrepreneur means you're taking a chance on an unknown endeavor. You're investing your time, your energy. You're putting all of that into it, right? So if that is the case, what's so different from maybe there's a different way of doing things? You know, it's crazy. I never forget this when I was working with, when I was working with some musicians and some artists. And I remember 
one of the singers I was working with, he was the only singer with his own website. And he had the website before he even got to me, before he even came to me and started working with me. And, and, and no one in his space had a website. We're like, what, why not? You're a brand like anything else. Why not have a website? Why not have a way to connect and build a relationship with your audience? This is over 10 years ago, y'all. And the scary part is, if you hear some other people talk about this on podcasts, on YouTube channels, they'll tell you, yeah, people who had musicians, models, um, actors, well, maybe not so much actors, but I mean, yeah, actually there were quite a few who had their own websites in the early 2000s. That was shocking. Okay, maybe around the dot-com bubble, yeah, dot-com crash, they saw that, you know, early on that made sense. But if we're talking 2005, 2007, people were still shocked to have your own website. Are you serious? So come on, y'all. This is this. This recommendation is literally to that point. You cannot be afraid to think outside the box and then put yourself in the right environment to succeed because there's there's a formula there. There is a formula there. There's a track record there. Check out Gladwell's outliers fantastic book fantastic book really to get you thinking differently and to be confident in thinking differently okay always think differently you're a business owner you're an entrepreneur you're you're already designed to do that right you're you're literally doing it so what i owe you from this episode there's a link to the book as always, there's an audible version. Um, there's also a, you know, the paperback, the hardback. Most of the books I recommend, I have the audible edition. You know, I have the um, the the audiobook edition. Just because on the go, when I was working the nine to five, it was so much easier for me to consume books by listening to them, um, you know, during my commutes. But there's also a link, like I said, there's also a link to the hardback. If you want the, the paperback, you want the hardback book. Uh, if you want to have that feeling, have a book in your hand and checking it out. And I tell you, this is a great book. You'll, you'll, you'll really enjoy it. It's a good, like most of Gladwell's books. Because um, I haven't read them all, unfortunately, but most of his books, it's just, you really become immersed after the first few pages, right? Take some time. Have a good weekend. Cup of coffee. You know, if you're commuting, like I said, the Audible book is right there, but also they get the get the paperback and just see how the trend of successful people who think differently. And that's the reason what what separates them. They're the outliers from everyone else, from the rest of the pack. So what do I owe to you besides that link? All right. I mentioned it a couple times. There is a link in in the description of this episode, the takeaways. You can see all of the different vanity extensions and the different extensions that are available for your website. If you're an accountant, if you're a doctor, there are extensions dedicated specifically to professions. I would always suggest, most other digital marketers do suggest, the first one you go for is .com. If you can't find your business in .com, if you do find the vanity, okay, it's kind of like a vanity plate, like a vanity license plate. If you do find the profession-specific domain that would be your next best bet the only thing is keep in mind 
keep in mind that they are newer. So people might not type that in right away. This is where it becomes very important to do keyword research. There's a link to the keyword research step-by-step -step guide for you in the description. Now, that book is for sale in our marketplace, but the link in the description, because you are one of our listeners, you get it for free. Just click on that link and you get that book for free. And it helps you with doing keyword research step-by-step that way you find the right keywords, help you find the right domain, and that way you know which domain works best for you and your business and helps your website be found when you find, when you do get the website built. And finally, there is a link for you to get a discount on your domain and your hosting right within um, the description of this episode, one of our takeaways. So you got a couple of pieces there to immediately own a piece of your digital real estate if you don't own it. Or if you are rebranding or if you're changing things around, boom, they're right there for you. If you already have your domain, if you already have your website, you have all those things, you just want to get a better understanding of digital real estate. I would still suggest get that keyword research book so to make sure that your SEO, that people can find you online is top notch and share those links with your colleagues, with your network, with your business associates, um, other entrepreneurs that you know that are looking to really define and own their brand online. Share it with them. If you think it's a value, really appreciate it. So with that being said, this is a really good episode. I like digital real estate, if you can't tell. <laughs> I own quite a few domains. I've built hundreds of hundreds of websites build a few apps finally get my apps you know finally get my apps muscles working yeah <laughs> um so with that y'all next episode all right all right i'm gonna keep it real with y'all next one it's a doozy it, 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 it's gonna be a doozy it's something that i've brought up once before and i'll call out right now it's from personal experiences specifically setbacks though okay it's extremely extremely important for all all entrepreneurs especially those of us especially those of us who are going for advertisers sponsorship dollars investors not want to miss the next episode of the ambition show like i said before you can watch and listen to any episode in any order doing that so you can you know you, you you use them as tools each of these episodes is, is meant and designed to be a resource for you not just for your listening pleasure <laughs> okay before resource for you but the next episode if you're looking for sponsors you're looking for advertisers you're looking for investors you're looking for business partners you're trying to get a business loan you have to listen to the next episode it's just that simple it's designed for you and like I said, it's drawn from setbacks and achievements, a few achievements, but mostly setbacks in my own personal entrepreneurial journey. Okay. And we learn just by experience. It's the best way to do it. So learn from my experience. That way you don't encounter the same setbacks and, and challenges. You know, you can overcome or you're prepared when you do face them. So take it easy. Best of you and yours. 
Look forward to seeing you at the next episode of the Ambitious Show. If you are finding value in what we're doing here, I would greatly appreciate you guys. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. (laughs) Share these episodes with your colleagues, with your network. And as always, leave a comment. If there's an episode that you guys want to see, if there's, you know, a topic that you want us to cover, if there's a specific if there's a specific type of tool or resource that you think would be beneficial and helpful as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, right? Like I said, we have the templates, we have the links to, to resources. If there's something specific, you're saying, hey, a business plan template, a budgeting template, a business canvas template, you know, an advertising, a, a content create, whatever it may be. Drop a comment. Not only may we have it as a full episode and we discuss how to how to use that template, but you know, we have a couple variations for you. Because the whole purpose of this this platform is to assist entrepreneurs and small business owners. Right? Remove some confusion, knock down barriers, get you guys the details, information you need to take it to the next level to succeed. Okay? So once again. If you're finding value out of this, like, share, subscribe, drop a comment, let us know what you need, let us know what you want, do our best to make it happen. Peace, best to you and your loved ones. I've been your host, Aaron Muhammad. Check out the next episode.